Welcome to Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert. I'm a lifelong horse person and professional equine nutritionist with the goal of helping horses and their humans create balanced diets to set them up for success, no matter what age, discipline, or circumstance. Disclaimer, the information discussed here is based on current scientific research and is for educational purposes only. Every horse's individual needs vary. This is not a substitute for veterinary medicine or nutrition consultation. Hello and welcome back to Farm to Stable, an equine nutrition podcast. As always, I am your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert. And as we get into the cold doldrums of January here in the Northern Hemisphere, and especially uh, in the Northeast here, a lot of us start to wonder, you know, is my horse warm enough? And how do I make sure that I'm providing enough energy or enough calories for my horse to keep warm? And there's actually a fairly simple solution or a fairly simple technique that you can do to make sure that your horse stays warm with the help of diet. Now, Back in the day, a long time ago, you may have heard, oh, give them a scoop of corn, give them a scoop of oats, and that will help keep them warm. Well, no, (laughs) absolutely not. That is the wrong thing to do. It's not going to be done by feeding a straight grain, by feeding more concentrate, not by feeding a hot bran mash. That's not going to do it. So no matter what you thought about that, that is physiologically not going to keep help your horse keep warm. And in fact, if they're not used to extra concentrate or a scoop of cracked corn, you can actually end up causing some digestive upset. So for those of you that have been listening to the podcast, I bet you won't be surprised to hear me tell you what to do. And the answer is a little extra forage. (laughs) We talk a lot about, obviously, the importance of forage in the horse's diet, because again, that's how they evolved, right? Eating very small meals throughout the day. And to keep warm in the winter, that's going to help their bodies keep themselves warm. And we're going to talk about why. And we're going to get a little bit into some large intestine anatomy. But uh, don't worry if you're squeamish. It won't be squeamish-inducing. So let's talk about why. So horses are hindgut fermenters. So that means that they ferment fiber in their hind gut. Now, their digestive system is obviously not the same as a human or a pig or a cow, but their foregut is a simple stomach, which is not that dissimilar from, say, what you and I have. You have an esophagus, a stomach, a small intestine. Now, what horses have that people do not is a cecum. So many of you may have heard of the cecum. This is about three to four feet long in an adult 1,100 pound or 500 kilogram horse. And it sits along the right side of the body, right towards the lower part of the belly. And the cecum is very, very heavy when it's full of forage. And it can hold about seven to nine gallons. That's roughly its capacity or 28 to 36 quarts, depending on which system of measure you are using. Now, I mentioned the term fermentation vat. So the small intestine empties into the cecum. So I'm not going to talk too much about foregut Uh, anatomy this time. We're just going to talk about the cecum mostly. So as food comes in, the horse chews it, swallows it, goes through the stomach, through the small intestine, and ultimately into the cecum. So this is where bacteria break down 
undigested feed. And typically this is fiber. This is the bacteria that go to work that produce volatile fatty acids and some other vitamins we'll talk about in a minute. And as I mentioned, you can think of it as a giant fermentation vat. Now, little pop quiz here. What are the byproducts of fermentation? So I know many of you are thinking alcohol. So beer, that's how we get beer. That's how we get wine and other alcoholic products. Yes, that is one product of fermentation. However, another byproduct of fermentation is heat. Now the horse, again, has this cecum. It's slightly analogous to the rumen of a cow. It is not the same structure, but sometimes it has some similar function in terms of breaking down fiber and fermenting um, or the bacteria going through their fermentation process. So that microbial population often, well, not often, it does, it gets used to the feedstuffs that the horse is eating. So you've heard us say, you've heard me say on this podcast before, and you probably heard from other people, other horse people in your life, that you have to make any adjustment to a horse's diet slowly. And this is why it's be or part of the reason why, because if all of a sudden you give a horse a large volume of a feed they're not used to, that microbial population may not be adapted or you may not have the right species to break down whatever novel feedstuff that you're giving that horse. And it can cause the existing microbes to die off, releasing toxins, lowering the pH, and causing a whole host of problems that could lead to digestive upset, colic, something of that nature. So that is the why, or one of the main reasons why, any feed changes are slow. But let's say in the wintertime, in the cold weather, you have a regular source of forage assuming that that is hay for many of us, Uh, even if it is uh, hay cubes or a forage alternative, whatever the case may be, your horse's main forage source. So when they have this continual source of fiber to digest, obviously the fermentation is going to be going on. It's not just one and done, right? It's always happening to some degree in the body. But this is why adding a little bit of extra forage to the diet when you know the weather's going to get really cold or nasty or drop well below freezing, a little bit of extra forage can help make sure that there's plenty of fermentation going on in the cecum and that the horse is producing heat on its own. So it's kind of like an internal heater that the horse has. So pretty cool. What else does the cecum do? Well, it mixes all the ingesta, all the stuff that the horse eats. Uh, And the rate of passage, pretty variable, but fiber is often going to stay in there for several hours. Um, The entrance and the exit to the cecum are both at the, I use air quotes here, top. So if you see a diagram, a scale diagram of the horse's internal digestive anatomy, it makes you scratch your head and go, how are these horses walking around? and not colicking every 30 seconds. Um, So the entrance and the exit are at the top, so the food goes in, has to turn around and go back the uh, the other way to get out. So again, I mentioned extra forage, but this also means extra what? Fill in the blank. Water, right? The more forage a horse consumes, the more water they need to help move that forage through the digestive system and help prevent an impaction. So in the winter, 
A lot of us hesitate when we think, oh, do I need to soak these cubes or do I need to wet that hay just because logistically it can be a little bit of a management nightmare to do it. But there are other ways to help your horse increase their water intake. Electrolytes, keeping uh, the buckets insulated or using heated buckets or approved, UL approved or uh, certified bucket heaters. I know that's another issue, but these are some ways to help ensure your horse takes in enough water to support that extra forage intake, to support that heat production, to keep them warm. Now, when you do add that little bit of extra forage during a cold snap or in the colder months, it also provides your horse with the extra energy they need so they don't have to burn the stored energy, i.e. fat, that they may have in their body in order to keep warm. So this is especially important if you have a senior horse who may already have a little bit of a harder time regulating body temperature. If you happen to have a young foal that's born in the wintertime, in the cold months, um, again, they're not going to be eating forage. <laughs> They'll be on mom's milk, but you still want to make sure that they keep warm. They also, I mentioned foals just because they can also have a harder time regulating their body temperature until they mature. So keeping that horse or allowing that horse you know, a shelter and a clean place to lie down, not just a muddy, wet one. Uh, again, that will help them conserve body heat as well. And if you notice a horse shivering, you're going to want to bring them out of the elements, perhaps give them a blanket. And again, if your horse is not clipped, that's okay. Yes, they have plenty of insulation naturally, but as they age, if there are health conditions and, you know, if it's a particularly nasty weather day, you still want to check on them and make sure that they're not shivering. Make sure that they have sufficient water and forage and they have sufficient shelter so that they can keep warm. But I digress. Back to the cecum. <laughs> what else does that bacterial fer fermentation produce? Vitamin K, for example. Vitamin K is important for blood clotting. Some B-complex vitamins. So this is a reason why, to date, uh, horses do not have a known requirement for many B vitamins, such as biotin or niacin, uh, because these bacteria are producing it. Now, more remains to be learned about how much they are absorbing in the large intestine, but those B-complex vitamins are being produced. Again, same, some proteins, again, very little of the proteins are being absorbed from the cecum or the large intestine. Most of that absorption is happening in the small intestine. And I mentioned earlier, volatile fatty acid, things like acetate and butyrate, which can be turned into energy and actually can be turned into glucose for energy production. Yep, who knew? We learned something today. So that's a little bit about your horse's fermentation vat, the cecum. It is not the only part of the large intestine. The cecum does go into the large colon. They have the right lower, the left lower, turns around into the left upper, and then turns around again towards the diaphragm, turns back on itself into the right upper, and then it goes, of course, the transverse colon and the rectum, where waste is stored, extra water is resorbed. So there's a lot of twists and turns in that large colon. And that is one reason why horses can be susceptible to an impaction colic or something like that. Again, that's a very massive oversimplification of it <laughs> in all, but just because I felt the need to uh, give you a quick overview beyond the cecum of what's in your horse's large, large intestine. I just felt I had to tell you that. So, uh, 
plenty of water, a little extra forage that the horse is already used to, and these things are going to help your horse stay warm in the winter. So you're going to want to avoid feeding large amounts of concentrate that the horse is not used to. So if some horses already receive that as part of their normal diet, that's fine. But don't just all of a sudden pile on more thinking that's going to keep them warm. No, it's the forage that's going to do it. So I hope you've taken something of interest out of this week's podcast. As always, if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, please comment on my Facebook page, Libert Equine Nutritional Consulting, or shoot me an email at equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for listening. Can't wait to have you back next week. Stay warm out there. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. Please share and subscribe if you found the content interesting. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send it to equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com.